and I'm in the Mustang, and it's not like I hit it and roll over it. I mm-hmm. hit it, and it starts going. And so it's Welcome to the Spencer Whiteout Podcast. I'll give you a kiss, you give me your number. That checked out a ton, dude. Tell me you felt. We're Americans. We're the ones that are descendants from the 1776 musket bearing motherfucker. Welcome back to the Spencer Whiteout podcast. This is episode number two. I want to give a big thank you to everyone that showed me love and support on episode number one. And if you haven't heard it yet, you can go back and binge listen to it after you hear this episode. And with that, we're not going to waste any time. So let's dive in. All right, welcome back to the Spencer Whiteout Podcast. Guess who we have on today? I'm Kyler. We have Luke Reed. The legend. And And Jeff Reichert. Jeff Reichert. Let's do a little debriefing here and let the audience know. Take the briefs off. Take the briefs off. Let the audience know kind of just where we all know each other. Uh, You know, I met Spencer working on the classic feature film, Space Waves. Yeah, what were you doing on set? Production sound on set, one of our last shoots, and a little bit of post-production sound file organization. Luke, Luke, you already know, me and Spencer came up together. We went to the same high school, elementary school, all that stuff. All of it. His dad taught, my mom taught, we were hanging out, pushing each other on swings and stuff. So, it's been good ever since. Yeah. Luke, how do we know Jeff, dude? That's the whole story. Um... Why was I in the Bay Area? I was going to visit Spencer. Dude, just tell. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so this is what happened. Jeff and I are filming for a skate video called Future Memories. Oh, yeah. And I say, Luke, we got to go pick up my boy Jeff, who at this time, I think I'm 19 and Jeff's five years older than me, so you're 24, 24, bro. Yeah, yeah. We drive down to the Bay. We're going to pick him up and come on back to Grass Valley, and he's going to spend the week up there. We're going to film. It's going to be awesome. But we're totally out of our element, right? Because we go down to Oakland, and the first thing we see in Oakland... culture shock. Culture shock is the bulletproof glass prison-style Little Caesars. It's like there's prison-style glass separating you and the cashier. Right. Because we are right in the the heart of Oaklandia. It's like a bank teller where they have the metal tray slide out and then you (laughs) put the money on the tray, it slides back in and then it comes back out with your change and then it comes back out with your pizza. One guy buys a pizza, pays with cash, the cashier returns some change to him. He's got like $2 back and he shouts, $2? I could buy a beer. (laughs) (laughs) And and we're just like, I mean, you imagine the guy. Everybody People wanted to show their solidarity like they were on board with that. They like cheering. That. Yeah, they're applauding. <laughs> they start clapping yeah. like, Ooh, get you a beer. <laughs> and we're like, we are not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> we're not in so, Grass Valley anymore. We got our pizza. It was fine. A little tripped out by that, though. So that happened. 
And then when we did pick up Jeff, it was great. We filmed a bunch of skating. We had a bunch of fun. And then we told Jeff a joke that we thought was going to go over pretty well. And I actually audio recorded it. I don't remember that joke. You at don't all. remember it? No, no. <laughs> but I audio recorded it. So we're going to we're going to listen to the audio recording right now. Exclusive audio recording from the fall. Okay. Anyhow, so if you've seen the movie, say, say anything. anything. This makes a little bit more sense, but if you haven't, it's all right. So Say Anything, it's got John Cusick in it, and it's a pretty good movie. Anyhow, there's this one part where the dad of the movie, he goes into a suitcase store, and he's like looking at all the suitcases, and a woman helps him. Hey, do you need anything? He smiles at him, and he kind of gets like a look out on his face. He's like, all right, like, you know, this girl's pretty cute. Maybe I'll hit on her. Anyhow, as she's ringing him up, he goes, you know, I've got to say, you've got the best smile I've seen all week. And for some reason, the camera pans to this random dude that is just now being introduced. Random dude in a store. And the guy like totally smiles like this weird, suspicious, kind of perverted smile at him. He's like, mm. um, what? And it's just like this interesting cut of the scene that like we don't really know why it's there. But as me and Spencer were watching it, we kind of chuckled to ourselves. And he notices the guy. He notices that guy. Yeah, okay, so so the camera pans to him and the dad of the movie like looks over and like smiles back at him. <laughs> and so me and Spencer as we watch this, we're kinda of narrating it and we say, Make that second best smile. <laughs> <laughs> Kyler likes it. I got it, I got it. Wait, wait. Second and best then listen smile. to what Jeff says. Make that second best smile. I agree. Make that second best smile. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. Oh man, I'm still saying the same thing. Today. That's it. That's it. Really? Like, oh, that's man. it. Second oh, man. best smile. Whatever. Marginally Second funny story. Marginally first, funny first story. Best, hey, but that, that's just how it is on this podcast. The average person might listen to this and be like. That's no, it. it's it's a call to action. Is it a call to for action? your average Joe that's listening to this? Because you got stories that are going. You need to hype them up and tell me the best version of what happened, dude. Because I don't want to hear. Oh yeah, my day was good. Tell me a freaking story. <laughs> yes, I like that, dude. All right, let's get into it. Here we go. Luke Reed. I've gone further. Period. 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 We're not going to finish the rest of that sentence because that is the punchline. Luke, we went to a Christian high school, Christian K through 12, actually. That's right. And every mm-hmm. year in high school, we had this thing. I think it was called Journey to the Cross. It was a whole ordeal. And basically, it's dramatic reenactments of like all these uh, set up booths. Exhibits up. And, you know, some will exhibit a particular scene of that narrative. Like you have to wash your hands if you're Pontius Pilate. They have a hand washing uh, hand washing station. They've mm. got a station where you nail things to the cross. Video reenactments. You've got real reenactments and stuff. It's a That's whole true. They got like ordeal. a whip that you're supposed to use to like whip something or whip someone. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't part of it. But I do remember. <laughs> it was just a very it. immersive experience, right? And yeah. It's set up all throughout the gym and the uh, spiritual students in high school work days on it, basically. Mm-hmm. And they kind of take account to like who's actually staying after school and helping with this thing. Sure. Then there's like the, towards the end, there's the whole write your worst darkest sin on a piece of cloth. 
And then you take that cloth and you walk throughout the whole journey and then you get to the end and then it's it's like the stairs that lead out of the gymnasium up onto the grass, right? And you yeah. go out there. And Super then, dramatic because and then the whole experience is in the dark. Yeah. They black out all the windows and stuff and they're like, That's insane. Okay, write out your deepest, darkest secret on the cloth. Now emerge to the light and then... It gets better. And then, and then you tell nail me you nail the piece of cloth to the cross. Yeah, they give you a hammer and, <laughs> and nail. nails. You have to nail, nail. your deepest, darkest secret to the cross, dude. <laughs> and everybody's like crying. Yeah, and people are worshiping out there. And everybody's serious. <laughs> yeah. Well, except, except for us. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We were serious about it, but but the thing is, is Luke and I are teachers' kids, and so we have to stay after school almost every day because our parents are doing <laughs> meetings and lesson plans and all a that. A lot stuff. of spare time and stuff. And so, what are we gonna do with all that spare time? Yeah. So, well, let's revisit everything. <laughs> let's go through it all over again because and now no one's there at the journey to the cross thing in the gym. So it's a ghost town. That's right. And so we're just kind of kicking around, finding something to do. So we want to go back to the cross and read everybody's deepest, darkest secret. <laughs> so, and so, so there's some regular ones, right? Yeah. Like, what do they got? They, yeah. they got like, oh, you know. I stole yeah. a pencil in fourth grade. What else? Stole a candy bar from the candy store. Some, I stuff cheated like that. on the test. You know, it's yeah. just not that interesting until we come across one. We come across one cloth yeah. on the cross Which that is, is nailed so in. dramatic. It's so gnarly. Listen and it's to this. <laughs> I've gone further than you'll ever know. <laughs> I've gone further than you will ever know. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Like, I can imagine a lot, but <laughs> they mean, like, past that. They mean, like... I've gone further you, than you, you could ever imagine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Incredible confession. I love that. Um, but that about pins it up for the journey to the cross. looks like next up is basketball hoop. Mm. You guys don't know about this. Ooh, actually, I have two stories about a basketball hoop. I should tell the one first that's not listed here on our uh, outline. Let's hear it. All right, so third grade, and I'm playing basketball out on the courts outside, and the kids are running back and forth, you know, and then... I'm running to go catch the ball because the ball is bouncing and going really like about to go out of balance. And I'm running to go get it because I'm like, I want to save this. And then a girl, I don't know if it was intentional or not, sticks out her leg. I'm sprinting, dude. Sticks out her leg. I go flying. Trips me. I go flying. Betrayal. And my head goes right into the huge one-foot cylindrical mm. steel basketball pole. <laughs> what? <laughs> I hit the thing. I black out, dude. I remember. No. Yes, dude. What girl was that? I can't tell you, bro. <laughs> That's Your attempted best murder, I know. Dude. I'll tell you after the podcast. Killer. But look, you see the scar on my thumb, guys? This yeah. is from yeah. that day. This is from that day, dude. And this happened when I was like 10 years old. I wake up and there's blood everywhere. And I'm like, oh, it was just a blood bath. I didn't know what, it was a blood bath. I didn't know what was going on. And then shout out Michael McGorian, dude. Michael McGorian 
picks me up <laughs> and well, he puts my arm around his shoulder and he's like carrying me inside and I get to the nurse's office or whatever it is. My face ends up swelling up on the forehead. I have a huge goose egg, huge black eye. <laughs> And then we look, Michael McGorian's shirt is drenched in blood, dude. <laughs> There's blood. And we're like, wait, it's not on your head. What is going on? Look over. My thumb has a huge gash in it, dude. My thumb is bleeding because there's a railroad tie, a railroad uh, big wood block mm. below the basketball hoop. So I hit my head on the basketball hoop and then somehow fell and sliced my thumb super deep on the way down as I fell on the wood. Damn. What? <laughs> so, of all things. Oh, my. That's Who's this girl? Like, what, what's her deal? Like, yeah, why'd she even do that? Like, why would she? I don't know. Pretty heinous and egregious, right? Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Man. So I still have that scar to this day. Um, so that's basketball hoop story number one. Basketball hoop number two. I was driving on the road, uh, five freeway, going really fast because it was naturally. We live in no, because it was that time of day or what? Like everyone's going fast. It was like seventy-five miles an hour was like the minimum. Yeah. Right. And so I'm going on this freeway, and I wasn't even like looking at my phone or switching the music or doing anything like that. And the car in front of me swerves to the left, and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" I look in front of me. There is a basketball hoop. <laughs> In the lane, not stood up, but laying down, pointing towards me like an arrow. There's a basketball hoop in the road, dude. And I swerved out of the way. I didn't even look where I was like going left or right. I just swerved out of the way and barely missed it, dude. And it was the most scared I think I've ever been since watching that one moment in Twin Peaks with Bob by the bed. It, it was so, it was so scared because I felt all the adrenaline in me kick up to thousand percent i was so scared I was like, oh my goodness because i would have died if i hit it i was going 75 miles an hour and this thing is like a lance it's like a javelin laying down on <laughs> it's the like road. a spear ready for you to yeah. impale Seriously. yourself and i look behind oh. me there are cars swerving around in my rear view mirror left mm. and right and i'm thinking dude this is only a matter of time until someone Somebody hits this and dies, dies. So I'm really thankful that that one was not me, but that was one of the most scared I've ever been in my entire life because it just happened okay. so fast, dude. Do you guys ever like drive by the log trucks and be like, oh, yes. crap. Final like, destination right yeah, there. Yeah. You're like, I'm worried about like maybe logs smashing me and stuff. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's like a whole truck full of basketball, basketball hoops. hoops. Yeah. He's like a basketball hoop salesman and he's like, let one go. It's fine. <laughs> Makes nice. complete sense. I don't know. Next is, this one is something I actually did hit on the road. Mm. I'm on the way to <laughs> formal, which formal is basically homecoming. It's not prom, but it's like a homecoming thing. So we have like two of them a year. It's just like prom. <laughs> yep. And so I'm driving on the way to formal and there's an ambulance coming on the wrong side of the road. Not the wrong side, the other side of the road. They're coming on the other side of the road and I'm thinking, you know, I don't have to pull over for this guy because I'm on the right side of the road and they're coming up the left side. But out of respect, why not? I'll pull over. I'll pull over. Like, just, I don't know, just to kind of give him a little more room in case he needs it, right? And then... Very nice of you. As I pull over, my lights come into view and I see a dead deer right <laughs> in the road, dude. And it was too late because I had pulled over and then... I hit the dead deer and I'm in the Mustang. I'm in the 67 Mustang. And it's not like I hit it and roll over it. I hit it and it starts going... 
And so it's being, it's being dragged under the car because my front wheels went over it. Boom, boom. And I was dragging through the middle of the car. And it's like, your drive shaft is just like yeah. impaling. And, and then I'm like, poor ah. And I, I swing the wheel over because then uh, on the side of the road, there's like a uh, there's like a dip down where the road ends and the, kind of the gravel begins. So I swerve over to the right side and I go off. And it's luckily, it's a big enough of a bump that when I go over it, it the deer drops off dislodges the deer. <laughs> deer dislodges and then i go a little bit and i'm like okay like the deer's not underneath my or i kind of was revving the engine a little bit and being like is this is this car even drivable because i had no idea what the damage was and then i open the door and I just smell the nastiest <laughs> thing. <laughs> nastiest thing I've ever smelled, dude. Dead deer pieces were stuck to the bottom of my car on my exhaust pipe. Like gore. No. <laughs> and I'm on my way to go pick up a girl, dude. <laughs> She's like, why is its head pinned to your exhaust? I'm a taxidermist. <laughs> Oh yeah, gosh. that was pretty death gore. Um, but it looks like, Kyler, you got a homecoming story as well, huh? I do have a homecoming story. It was uh, my sophomore year homecoming dance. And naturally, I was like, you know what? I'm a little thirsty. It's been a good night. I'm going to have some punch. Little did I know, I would not remember the rest of that night. You because this punch was spiked. Wait, oh did you go gosh. to a Christian school or no, public school? public school. Okay, so you could have expected that. You could I have could avoided have that. But again, no, I was But not little, one I, drink, though. Yep. Oh, because you're like 15 at this you time. You got roofied, well, dude. I, did, I got... Yep. <laughs> you were drugged. Damn. The rest of the story dude, only comes drugs, to be told by friends of mine, because <sighs> I don't remember a thing. So you've just heard the rest of the story. So yes. So apparently after the dance, we all decided to go to Claim Jumper. It's right across the street, and I ordered the largest chocolate cake that they have like we're talking like a 55 person 300 dollar chocolate no. cake what they bring this 300 dollar cake out to me and as it comes out i look out the window and i see a guy get pulled over across the street and i'm like "Ooh, a cop i'm gonna go say hello oh, <laughs> so no, everyone's dude. eating no. this cake and i just get up and walk out and walk across six lanes of traffic walk across <laughs> i get halfway across walking towards a cop that just pulled someone over i am high on drugs i didn't know it because Wait, high on drugs too or just alcohol is alcohol dude, a drug? one drink there had to be drugs in there no it was ecstasy what wait what yes there was ecstasy, ecstasy know that. and the, the school had to send out a statement it was um, oh, oh so this is legit oh my god yeah, so, <laughs> so okay we were under the impression that you just were accidentally drunked no, but now you were accidentally drugged yes oh man <laughs> so i'm walking across the street towards this cop and at this point all my friends they are they're pretty aware that something's going on and so apparently they see me and they run after me they like I've made it halfway through, so I'm through s three out of six lanes of traffic at this point. <laughs> they run across, they grab me. The cop didn't notice. The cop was riding this guy a ticket. Turns me around. We get back, and then we're staying there waiting to get picked up. Mm -hmm. And I had the brilliant idea to start trying. You know the handicap parking spots. They have those those poles for the handicap placards that have like the little holes in them. They're kind of pinky sized. So I'm staying there and we're waiting to get picked up. And I'm like, huh, I think my pinky could fit in there. And so I just start trying to put my pinky in this hole. And then my pinky gets into the hole. 
And then all of a sudden, I can't get my pinky out. So I'm sitting there trying to pull my pinky out of this sign. And my friend's dad rolls up. He's like, all right, let's get in the car. And my pinky is literally stuck in this sign. No way. And so I'm sitting there with my pinky in a sign. And the fire department comes. Because they had to cut down the handicap pole. <laughs> so that they could get <laughs> So next thing you know, I'm standing outside of this claim jumper with the remnants of my $300 cake. And my pinky attached a handicap sign. Nice, dude. <laughs> and that pretty much sums up my sophomore year of high school. You should have kept the handicap sign. I did keep a few signs because the Santa Ana winds, they came really strong through my high school. And so they would tear traffic signs off of the roads. So sometimes I'd drive to school and find a traffic sign on the road and just throw it in my trunk and keep going. Nice. nice. Well, speaking of typhoons and high winds, why don't you go into your typhoonery? So I've uh, I've spent some time in the Philippines. I've gone on a couple trips over there. And naturally, the only time that's appropriate to go on a mission trip to the Philippines is in typhoon season for some reason. And so I have been through three category four typhoons. What about grabbing that kid out of the bathroom, though? Ah, uh, yes, the Filipino waterfall. In this typhoon, I was outside kind of in like a little half cement structure. And so I was teaching them about like Christ and kind of like my heart for missions and kind of like why I do it. And the entire time I just hear this like small thud in the background, like, (laughs) (laughs) and then like, I'm probably talking for a solid 35 minutes. At that point, I noticed it was starting to rain a lot. So I was like, all right, kids, like go inside. So the kids rain inside and I turn around, I see this little Filipino boy open the door to the bathroom that was behind me from the inside, opens it just slightly and then the door just slams shut. (laughs) And so as soon as I see it, all these like these Filipino men around me, they also see it. So they go running to the door and they're all trying to push this door open. It's just not budging. And I said, tell them to stand back. And so he told the kid in Tagalog, the local dialect, to stand back from the door. And I kicked through this door. Just Van Damme kicked it right in the center. Yep. Just kicked straight through this door. Nice. And this flood of water just comes flowing out. And there's this, like, little kid, like, literally waist deep in poop water. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, in the Philippines, the, your toilet's just the hole in the ground. So this water just comes oh, flowing out. And what happened is there's a crack in the ceiling and there's a window in the back and the window broke so this little kid's in waist deep of poop water trying to open the door but there's two three feet of water pushing against the door plus the wind of the typhoon pushing against the door so he literally can't get out and you know what he does he shakes my hand and walks inside so the typhoon caused a flood that quick there to was where a, it interrupted a kid's poop, <laughs> filled him to waist high in poop water. There, waist or, high in waste. Waist high in waste. So either the typhoon quick, was really fast or he was just really slow. Maybe the poop was like really Yeah, we had, a, we had a saying when we were in the, the Philippines. We called them the Philippoos. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty self-explanatory. Yep. Well, Jeff and I both went to China, actually, uh, one year apart. I went in end of 2014, early 2015, right around that time. So I was with YWAM calling all skaters, doing a missions trip. And so we spent three months in uh, LA, and then we spent three months overseas over in China. This one's pretty embarrassing because it was right when everything first started and everyone just first got there and it was like the first week, man. So, you know, you're trying to make good impressions. You're trying to be cool in front of all the bros and all in front of all these skateboarders. And we're in the church sleeping. And then 
I remember waking myself up. Come to find out, I was saying, dude, get that dog out of here. Get that dog out of here. The lights come on. Everyone is like, where's the dog? Where's the dog? They start looking for the dog and everyone's like moving the chairs around. They're like, wait, what is going on, Spencer? It turns out I was sleep talking. I woke myself up saying, dude, get that dog out of here. Get that dog out of here. All the lights come on and they're like, dude, what are you on about, Spencer? Oh, I guess I was sleep talking. Everybody laughs at me. <laughs> I've heard that story. So know, dude, it, was, it was like, it was just so embarrassing because I have a huge history of sleep talking. Anybody that's lived with me knows that I sleep talk a lot. And so I guess it just happened to happen while first week in this mission trip, we're all sleeping in the same room. And I'm just like, get that dog out of here. Get the dog out of here. That was pretty good. Uh, but by the time we did go over to China, started experiencing all kinds of new things. And another dog, this one was a dog I actually saw. This one was not in my dreams. I saw a dog carcass hung up in China, just blood and guts, just hanging from a hook <laughs> out in the marketplace. They just have their meat just hanging around. And it, it was disgusting. Yep. When people ask, like, oh, what's the worst thing you've ever smelled? I just say China. Definitely, <laughs> dude. You know what I'm talking about, Jeff? Yeah, yeah. And then um, see the dog carcass. And to the left of the dog carcass is this sign. And, you know, it has the prices on it and everything. This sign has the prices. And then it has a picture of a poodle <laughs> next to the carcass. It has a picture of a poodle. Like, here's what you can buy. And then a carcass. Right next to it. That's a different world over there. <laughs> so what about the squaddies? Ah, well, Jeff, you could speak on this as well, but the squaddies in China are just like... I hate them. My legs would hurt so bad, like after being on a squatty, because it's not a regular toilet, like a Western toilet, and like you have nothing to hold on to, and it's just you <laughs> squatting super low. It's not a seat. It is, it is not no, a seat. No, it's just a hole it's in a the hole. ground. It's, yeah, it's a hole in the ground, basically. Yeah, exactly. Just I feel like terrible, that's a good dude. angle like, for to like pull the... Poop. What do you mean pulling the poop? It's not like, like a claw that's pulling like an out. angle to where the Jeff. poop just falls out of your bowels. Like if you want to take a half hour dump or 45 minutes squatting like that, <laughs> you're going to be in pain. Your muscles are going to spasm and it's terrible. So there's not much to this story, but basically I was in one of the squatties at one point and some of the bathrooms are so vile, dude, that this one I walked into and speaking of flooding... This thing was sopping wet, and the ground was not, you know, architecturally laid out, so it's it's zero degrees what was and everything. Wet? I'm saying the floor was not flat. There were divots and all kinds of things in the floor, and oh, so there were, everywhere. there were streams flowing by. <laughs> so it was like you had to step. A rushing to, river of You had to tread carefully water. where you're walking, and I saw poop logs <laughs> floating downstream by my feet as I'm pooping. Dude. I don't know if I saw that when I was there, but yeah, that's pretty gnarly, dude. Like, it was so gnarly, dude. Yum. That's not sanitary. No. 
And then what about, what about the brass knucks? And then the brass knucks. Let's hear about knucks, the brass dude. knucks, dude. We travel because we, we traveled all around uh, while we were in China. And we're preaching the gospel and we're going around and all this, and we're taking the train all over the place. And then for Christmas, we did a little secret Santa, so we got each other things. And then I don't remember who it was. One of my buddies got me some brass knuckles for Christmas from the uh, Chinese market. And I was I was thinking, dude, these are sick. Rated R. <laughs> I'm not like going to use these on anybody, but I have these gold brass knuckles. They're so sick. And uh, you can see them in the uh, in the skate video I made, uh, which that will be link in description. You guys will be able to see the Calling All Skaters documentary that I made. But I tried boarding a train. Little beknownst to me, I did not realize I had the brass knuckles in my backpack. So we're going through like the train uh, train port and the Chinese people stop me. They're holding up the brass knuckles like, what is this? What is this? And I'm like so scared because they think I am a terrorist and my rest of my team is on the other side and they're like, get over here. Come on. And I'm the only one on the other side stuck because I have a weapon that I'm trying to bring on this train. We're trying to like explain it and I'm trying to yell to them like, bring the translator back over because... I need you. <laughs> we finally explained to them, we don't need it. We don't care. Just take the brass knuckles, throw them away. Just let me get on the train. And they finally let me on, which was so great. But I felt like I was getting arrested. It was yeah. so gnarly. When I, one of my trips to the Philippines. We're going on vaca- vacation. Vacation. <laughs> to the red light district. And it got really hard because like some... <laughs> yeah. It took you guys like three seconds yeah. to realize that. <laughs> Try to get with some lady boys. It's <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, 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 really got in the United States. You scares me. Jeff, do the death growl, dude. If you made it this far in the episode, you already know what to do. Hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future episodes. And leave me a review. Five stars is a power play. I'd really appreciate it. Stay tuned. Stay hyped. That's a wrap. Inserting exclusive audio recording from the vault. All right, so we're in the audio symphony mood right now. And we are harmonizing. <laughs> wow, that was Dudamello! Dude, dude Dudamel would be proud. That was so strong. Dudamel, dude. Oh Dudamel! <laughs> dude, it's 11.15. <laughs> you guys ever been to 11.15 at night before? Dude, it's like flashing someone with your voice, dude. (laughs) It's like a drive-by singing instead of a shooting. It's like a really positive form of gang violence. And that's it.